are listening live to the program. Your teams, your town, your program. I told the guys in the locker room that when they go back to their apartment, they need to get on their knees and thank the good Lord um, because he's the one that did this. It wasn't us, the staff, the players. It was, for some reason, he shined favor on us in overtime. And uh, so we're, we're blessed. Just like last year. Um, with Chris and with LJ, with a lot of our players, you get a chance to meet the agents this week, and um, he's at the top of the list. Both parties, I think, want to be here, so we'll get to work, and you know that's certainly the guy we want back and love and want to see him finishing in his career here in Kansas City. Uh, hopefully, we're able to figure something out, um, but every free agency is different, unique, and crazy, and so we do have one tag, and I anticipate probably using it uh, to help us, but I think our goal is to try to get both those players done and then work down the rest of our roster. And now, a man who loves tags, Soren Petro. Right you are, Kay. Right you are, Petro, on the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you for joining us on a uh, what is for right now a uh, warm and uh, spectacular Tuesday in February, all the way past 80, then plunging all the way below 20. 17, I think, at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Enjoy. That's uh, crazy. Big time. Big time. Uh, A lot to get to today here in the program. Tim Grunard Mm -hmm. will be with us. We'll get his thoughts on uh, some of the comments of Brett Veach. You heard right there. We're going to play some of those comments here in a moment as well uh, to kind of kick things off. Uh, We'll talk to Sam McDowell, columnist for the Kansas City Star. He's at the Combine Mm -hmm. in Indianapolis. You know what's amazing? Drove a combine to Indianapolis to cover the combine. I thought that was like gilding the lily, like maybe a little, little too much, but uh, he felt it was important. He, he wanted to kind of complete the entire picture. Yeah, there it is. And then Gary Parrish in the uh, 5 o'clock hour will get out a little bit early today for a little Rock Chalk VBYU. Rock Chalk hosting Brigham Young uh, in a. Uh, a clash of blue. Yes. Varying shades of blue. Yeah. So uh, we got that coming your way. So we look forward to that. The Cougs. Cougs. Some Cougs on the floor. Cougs and Hawks. Um, let's start with some Brett Beach, though. Uh, they're talking about the team. We're in full mode of the next season mm-hmm. as they begin to uh, look forward. Uh what was our list? Give me the. What was the list again? I said it. And I uh, right one two six. One two six. Okay. One two six. Uh, let's start with Brett Beach talking about Chris Jones. Uh, he was asked about uh, whether or not they're going to get a deal worked out with Jones. I mean, we're going to just like last year um, with Chris and with LJ with a lot of our players. We get a chance to meet the agents this week, and um, he's at the top of the list. And I love Chris and tried really hard to get something done, and we didn't. Um, but. When we got together right after that Detroit game, we had a great talk, and, um, you know, both parties, I think, want to be here. So we'll get to work, and, you know, that's certainly a guy we want back and love and want to see him finishing in his career here in Kansas City. What do you take from that? that, is, that just, is that just GM speak, or do you think? I don't know that he's much for... GM speak. I think he went. I don't know. I, my my first my initial thought is, if they weren't really working towards something, he would. There'd be a little few more, um, just general comments 
maybe about it. Yes, he's you know he's a great, be great. If we could work something out. We're really not sure. You know, maybe open the door a little bit more for either conclusion. That sounds like a guy who plans on signing Chris Jones. Really? Okay, Adam. What was your impression? I could be wrong about that. I usually am. I don't. I mean, pa- could you just hold your ground? Yeah, but I could be wrong about that. I usually am. <laughs> Adam hadn't even started talking to you already. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm changing my mind. I generally doubt myself immediately after I've said something. Usually, <laughs> hello, my name's Curtis. You don't, probably don't want to talk to me. I wish I, I, it sounded more GM-ish to me. There wasn't a ton of specificity. There, I mean, of course they would hope to have Chris Jones back. He's a great player. But he, the unspoken part that we all know is at the right price. And I don't know if they know the price. I don't. I mean, he, I'll say this: I, you know, they, they've I, they they clearly have not given up, which you know that's always a good sign. But I, I more no. I I took it as they're talking to the agents and they'd like to, they like Chris Jones to be part. Well, of he the talked team. about it's like they have they haven't even started. Play it again. I, play it again. This is, this is him talking about working out a deal with, with Chris Jones. I mean, we're going to, just like last year, um, with Chris and with LJ, with a lot of our players, we get a chance to meet the agents this week. And um, he's at the top of the list. You know, love Chris and tried really hard to get something done, and we didn't. Um, but when we got together right after that Detroit game, we had a great talk and, um, you know, both parties, I think, want to be here, so we'll get to work. And you know, that's certainly a guy we want back and love, and want to see him finishing in his career here in Kansas City. So yeah, they'll meet this week. They haven't yet. You're right. Franchise tag is going to cost them thirty two million dollars, which right now they can't even put on him, right. according to one of the cap figures. They've got twenty nine million dollars cap room, so you couldn't even put that tag on him right now. Yeah. So any idea that. You know, well, this thing's about done. I don't hear that there now. Let's, we'll, we'll, let's play the second clip because they're they're kind of one one built on top of okay. the other. Because he mentions the tag in this in this All next right, clip. Real Maybe quick, we'll be... just, this is relevant before, but I, I do want to get this out there. Um, Matt Verderam, who uh, writes for Sports Illustrated, who comes on a lot on the Zone with uh, Josh and uh, and Jason. Multiple sources tell me the Chiefs are trending toward using the franchise tag on star corner Legereus Sneed. Right. That, that was out there. Anyway, quarter, quarter till two is when you put it out yeah, there. Yeah, we had um, heard Josh talking about it, but go ahead. Oh, he okay, then I'm, I was working on other stuff. Clearly I missed it. Um, while nothing is 100% at this stage, the likelihood of Sneed being tagged is, quote, 75 to 80%. So quite a few qualifiers in there, but wanted to get that out there. All right. Now can I play my cut? Uh, Hermit, what do you think, Kenny? Because we were going to get to that part when we got to the Legarius Sneed part, but we're going to do the Chris Jones part now. When we're going to do the Sneed part, I didn't know any Sneed part. Um, Cut two where it says... So the the cut we're about to play, so the Sneed part, so we're there. Good job, Adam. Great timing. Um, So this is uh, Brett Veach asked if they can keep both Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed. That's always um, a stress. You'd like to be able to tag all the guys and pay all the guys, and it's tough because the more you win, I mean, the more you got to pay players. And obviously, when you have this amount of success, you're, you're paying a lot of players a lot of money. And 
then it's equally as tough because you're drafting late. So there's challenges. Um, we'll go through them, and we'll always put our best foot forward. Certainly want to do what we can to try to keep both those players, and that's going to be our goal and intent. Uh, hopefully we're able to figure something out. Um, but every free agency is different, unique, and crazy. And so, But our, you know, it, we do have one tag, and I anticipate probably using it. Uh, to help us, but I think our goal is to try to get both those players done and then work down the rest of our roster. And I think when you hear that, the one tag, you know, is that, you know, listen, is Matt Verderam just connecting the dots? Because if you connect those dots, one, $29 million of cap room, $32 million hit on Chris Jones, you can't do it. Nope. I anticipate using it on one of the players. Well, you financially can't do it with Chris Jones, so that leaves us Legereus Sneed. Yeah. So is there, you know, I don't know, has, has somebody said this? I, I, or, or is this, like, that's a dot that can be connected in fairly safely? Yeah, those dots aren't very far apart. They're not very far apart. So, I mean, I think just from what you had, from what Brett Beach said, you can come to the conclusion that... This is where they're going to go is, is towards yeah. Legereus Sneed. Like and I'm with you. He's not real GM speak. He pretty much, you know, trade up or down. I ask him in the final four and not trade up. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. come on. I, I, I can't help myself. Yeah. Well, he, that was his quote. He occasionally is, is, is more uh, uh, giving than you'd yeah. anticipate. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he has traded down. He did it two years ago. Right. But for the most part, only trade-ups, largely, heavily Mm -hmm. uh, weighted towards the trade-ups. But, yeah, I mean, he did pretty much say we anticipate using that tag. So it's going to go on Legereus Sneed. Sounds like it. But is that to tag and trade? Is that to tag and keep? Is that to tag and get a deal done? Because if you're doing that, again, $29 million, and that's, what, an 18 and change hit for the cornerback position? Mm-hmm. $19 million? Oh, almost 20. Up? It was 19.8, I thought. Was that what it was? Okay. Yeah. That's twenty nine. That's twenty of $29 million tied up in him. Right? So is that? I'm, I'm not in, in love with that idea. Um, I, I just, I, I see... <sighs> I see a, a guy who I, I I fear is ready for a physical downturn because of the way um, the way they had to use him this year, the way that he you know he, the, the frequency with which he did not practice. There was always you know he's got a knee, and and I just don't think that gets any better as you get older. And I, I, I'm I'm very leery of as much as I like him and what he does. For the price it's going to take to get him here, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. I won't. In Veach, we trust. I mean, the guy has made he made a lot of people look silly on a lot of decisions. But I'll be on the record as is not being in favor of a lot of money towards Legarius Sneed. I think Legarius Sneed. I, I think it'll be interesting. Like I don't. You know, first of all, there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal, but right. this is this will really handcuff you. Let's keep in mind, there's no gay, there's no tranquil, right. there's no, and you're you're talking about now limiting how much room you you've you know how much flexibility you've got to go make something happen. Um, yeah, and the tag is just one year, but ah, twenty million, and, and 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 that's a huge hole. That speaks to when I was listening to. 
Adam Teicher on with the zone earlier. That that speaks to the we're going for the three peat. Yeah, if they make that move, that, that I think that would be the first public um, acknowledgement that we don't view this championship as just being a championship. This is part of history, and maybe would would be a move they wouldn't make if they had not gotten seven yards on fourth and one at the end of the Super Bowl. Maybe they, they say, all right, let's, let's, it's a regular year, but the chance for history maybe uh, is a little bit more of a, of a of a goal for this team. I, you know, I'm, I'm well on record. If you've listened to the show, you know, I'm about playing the long haul and being good enough to win it every year and not ever, uh, so, you know, putting yourself in a position to where you're, you're going to mortgage anything in the future for, to improve your time now. I think you yeah. run your operation, you know, with, with an eye towards the future cap always. You, with Patrick Mahomes makes you a contender. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, you improve your chances by two or three percent, not twenty or thirty or forty percent. You're not now a lock to win a Super Bowl. Right. If Patrick Mahomes would have somebody, you know, come in at his knee and have an ACL and done for the year, how thrilled is everybody going to be that you're going to watch, you know, Blaine Gabbert quarterback for fourteen games? And do you think this team is going anywhere? And now you've got to cut three major guys in 25. And in 26, you can't go shopping either. And then in 27, you can get back to business. Will that be worth it? Because I don't know if you know, football has a high injury factor. I've heard that. Now, the quarterbacks stay predominantly healthy, but not Patrick Mahomes. No. He fights through it a lot. Yes. He limped his way to a championship in 22. He set out two games with a dislocated he's, he's, knee. He had three lower body injuries. Yeah, he had I mean, so in 20, he had the knee in 22, and then he had, obviously had the ankle last year. I uh, I do think that this is a little bit, and, and I know what, what what's going to come. So let me let me go ahead and, and cut you off of the pass. We'll just restructure Pat's deal. Oh, okay, because that that like. What do you think? You just wave a one and poof, it goes away? Let me explain how Patrick Mahomes' deal works for you. Patrick Mahomes this year is going to go from last year in 2023, counting $37 million against the cap. He's due to count $59 million this year, 58.6. That's, that's more. Okay? So that's a big jump, and he's already, the two championships he's won, is the highest cash outlay, the highest amount of cap hit, and the highest percentage as well, mm-hmm. right? The two most. They've already done something that's never been done before with the cost of Patrick Mahomes. And now it goes up significantly, right? Well, let just, just, just rework his deal. And a lot of people say that, and even people in my line of work say that, and then they don't actually either know or certainly don't share with you what that means. They just so, hear it a lot and think, yeah, oh, let's, let's rework it. Just to make the math easy, let's say they convert $40 million of his $59 million number into a signing bonus that they can then prorate out over the course of, of the deal. Mm-hmm. Right? That basically means, I think you can prorate out five years. So that means 
40 divided by 5 is 8 million per. So there's 19 left on his deal plus the 8 you got to take on the now signing bonus means you would count 27 million you save yourself 31.6 million dollars. Sounds like a good plan, right? Yeah. It does. But now you add $8 million to each of the next four years. Ooh. And this is what's already happened because they did this with him previously. So now next year's number becomes $69 million against the cap. The number in 26 becomes $71 million. The number in 27 becomes $67 million. Right, and then so what are you going to do next year when Creed Humphrey's up and Nick Bolton's up? Well, just restructure it, okay? And then you're getting to a point where all of a sudden he counts a hundred million dollars against the cap, and then you're you're not keeping anybody. So for me, and I don't know how they're going to do this. I that may very well be what they're going to do, but if they are, they're going all in for this year. And I don't know why you'd do that, because in my opinion, they won the Super Bowl this year with an eye towards winning it this year. They won it last year, in 22, when they were reshuffling the deck. If that doesn't empower you to say, let's be cap responsible all the time, because with a bunch of rookie defensive backs, that's not the plan for winning a championship. Right. The plan was this year. Oh, and by the way, in both years, they almost didn't do it. But from a regular season standpoint, the year that would have been the plan, they were worse than the year that wasn't the plan. Because that's how the NFL works. By three games. Yeah, that's how the NFL works. So why wouldn't you just say... I'm going to be sound each and every year, and we're not going to get in a, uh, a spot where we got to cut people. Uh, listen, I'll, I'll say this. If they keep both of these guys, I'll be real intrigued to see how it works. Really intrigued. I'll be really intrigued to see who's going to play left tackle. You know, I mean, I'll be real intrigued to see how – peachy Patrick Mahomes is about having to run for his life. About not getting an upgrade in wideout. Because everybody wants an upgrade in wideouts, too. But you're going to take up $20 million for Legereus Sneed. Well, hello Kadarius Tony, and hello Sky Moore. And goodbye Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Which everyone will be, well, that's fine. I don't care about that. But really, I mean, this move, they'll have to get creative with some things because after this move, pretty much all they've got left is, like, room for the draft. And all this has to be done without the guru, who's now in Carolina. Yeah. Brant Tillis. I mean, they'll find someone to replace that. But, I mean, if the guy was correctly given as much credit for his work as he was, somebody else has to work has to work out those deals as well, so you, you're in somewhat unknown, uncharted territory on that front. Yeah, as well. It uh, for me, I, I just you know, I, I'm I'm listen. Brett Beach has been a magician to some degree, you know. Um, it, it's it's it's. And they'll have to continue to be yes be that yes, and that's going to be every single year. And he, he's like he's. And if there's a hole in the boat, and you got to somehow keep bailing water out. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. The phone lines are open. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, uh, K State, Missouri, KU. Always a topic uh, here in the uh, program. K State getting yet another 
overtime win. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that with Gary Parrish. Uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well, 913-310-810. You're in the program. You're listening to the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you for joining us here on a, uh, I don't know, almost hot Tuesday, uh, 913-310-810, starting out with some uh, Chiefs football. Brett Veach addressing the media today, saying he anticipates using uh, the franchise tag on one of the players. Uh, some quick math will tell you that that almost has to be Legereus Sneed, unless they've reworked some other contracts. I also, when I listen to that, we played that cut again, I don't, Nothing to me. They're not anywhere down the road with Chris Jones. What I took away from that. Now, do they have the, they have the framework of what they were offering and what he was asking for from the last go round? Yeah. Did his season make you want to pay him more if you're the Kansas City Chiefs? Did his season make you want to ask for less if you're Chris Jones? Uh, it does not make me want to pay him more. I agree. Um, I saw a stat today. ESPN stat: nineteen and a half sacks created. Like his pressures, he had the what ten and a half? I think when it was all said Something and done, like and ten or ten and a half. Um, but that overall, he helped create nineteen and a half sacks. Yeah, but if you do, if you use that, you have to go back and look at guys who had nineteen and a half sacks and figure out how many sacks they created. You got to know what the context. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying he's a nineteen yeah, oh, sack guy. I'm just just giving the details yeah. that he's more than just the ten sacks. Right. He he again at the biggest moment. You know, I, I mean, I thought he was kind of a no show for the first half of the Super Bowl, but at the biggest moment of the game, uh, late in the game when the Chiefs needed him, he played great. Yep, for sure. So. I, uh, Which he has done on multiple occasions in the postseason. Did it against the Bengals last year? I mean, he he has found those moments. To me, it's I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just wired wrong, but uh, I don't have a problem separating emotion from reality. Right. Like to me, you there's right and there's wrong, and you do what's right even if it's hard because it's right, mm-hmm. right? Like that's I, I've tried to. You know, impress upon that with with my kids and raising them, but like, if, you know, Mars, Mars, come here, always do the right thing, right? right? Like this yeah. preacher said that, and years ago, and you know, the Spike Lee movie, do the right thing. I mean, that 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 always made an impression with me. If you do the right thing. There's there's no explanations to give. There's no, so to me, like, what's the right thing for this football team? It's to not be over a barrel financially exactly. ever, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes. And the blue, blueprint was laid out, and you're following it almost to a T, uh, the way the New England Patriots laid it out. The number that I'm that I'm paying more attention to with Chris Jones is a double digit number, but it's not the double digit sack number next to a name. It's the double digit age number next to his name, which now starts with a three. Yeah, and that D- defensive lineman. I've got a great. I, yeah, I, I give you. I, I got. Um, and I, and I should put his name down. Uh, a listener sent me. He took the time to go back and take a look at all the thirty-plus-year-olds uh, from the uh, first and second All-Pro team for the last ten years. And I will. I will find his name and give him credit um, because it's pretty telling. Let's see. Uh, where is it? NFL draft. Trust me, it's telling. 
tells you something. It yeah, it definitely does. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was hoping it was in one of my more recent <laughs> ones and it was going to pop you, right up here to gambled. the top. Uh, I gambled and lost. Snake eyes. And I'll have to go the long route and get it. But anyway, there are more big people in their 30s that play at a high level. And again, does, does Chris Jones or LeJarius need to have to be first or second team all pro for this to be effective? No. That's that's not the point of it. Um, okay. And I have it. Um, but, like, at age 30-plus for the cornerback position, which, again, LeJarius Sneed will be 28 next year. He won't be 30, but presumably he'd be around for three years, so he'd get the 30 in the midst of it. Since 2014, the only corners to be 30 or older and make first or second team All-Pro was Brent Grimes in 2014, Akib Talib and Dominique Rogers Cromartie in 16, and Richard Sherman in 19. Wow. Interior defensive line since 16, Calais Campbell in 2016, Calais Campbell in 2017, Cam Hayward in 2019, Cam Hayward in 2020, uh, Cam Hayward in 2021, Aaron Donald in 2021, Aaron Donald in 2023. It's more occurrences. It is it is three players, but it, it's certainly more. Offensive tackle. Again, the big people part mm-hmm. of the equation. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen times. Wow. An offensive tackle has been first or second team all pro at the age of 30 or older. So, to me, the little guy game is a young man's game. Yes. It's all speed and quicks. Yep. 913-3810-810. Let's go to Travis. You're in the program, Travis. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Petra. How are you doing today? Good, man. What's on your mind? So, I need you to help me with something. So, I got into a debate with a buddy and about the rumor that Justin Jefferson was going to possibly be available for trade. Uh, whether that is or, or not going to happen, we don't know, but we, we both had different opinions of it. And I said that if he was available for trade and you're the Chiefs, it's whatever it takes, was my response. Okay. He wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. So then that became a, a heated conversation that now there's a wager on it, and now we both have decided that we will allow you to d- determine who is right and who is wrong or whose opinion is right or wrong or whatever. Okay. And so and so, you and I are on the same page eight out of ten times. I need you right now more than ever <laughs> to be on my side. I don't know that I'm I not- I don't know that I'm on either side. First of all, whatever it I'm takes uh, is a, a phrase that will never come out of my mouth. Okay, outside of Pat, whatever it takes. Okay, is like, still whatever. a phrase that will never come out of my mouth. So it'd be hard for me to choose unless you quantified what it takes, right? Okay, so you have, I need you to lean one way or the other. So this saga <laughs> can come to an end. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going um, to lead. Listen. Like I would never say whatever it takes, I would also say never would I be interested, never would I do it, right? So if I had to pick one, I would probably lean towards yours in the sense okay. that if, you're, if your buddy is like, no way, no how, never, don't care, yeah. well, that that's a mistake because what if it was a second-round pick? That's right, John. You know, you're listening. You know who you are. You heard it. 
power you wield. You know, I, yeah. so look, I don't, I don't think the Vikings are going to let him get away. I, you I know, just like either. T. Higgins was franchised. You know, I think Jefferson's going to get extended before he ever gets a chance to get out there. Now, could he try to shoot his way out of town because they don't necessarily have a quarterback? I suppose he could. And would I be interested in being a landing spot for him? Yes, I would because he's in those low 20s and now would be a great time to go get him but you know i think you got to be careful on what the asking price would be and i i would assume it would be a couple of first round picks how do you kill deal no um uh, no because he's younger Less wear and tear. He's also taller. He's more prototype than Tyree Kill. Uh, I think Tyree Kill's phenomenal, but I, I think there's some offensive coordinators that part of what they do is draw up jump balls, and that's not Tyree Kill's. He's not as fast, Petro. Come on. He's, I, not, he's not as fast. I, I think most people, I think there are a lot of coaches that would take Justin Jefferson over Tyree Kill. I 100% would. That's because I think he's on, just. On the, the whatever-it-takes guy. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and thank you for the call, Travis. You know, so uh, enjoy the spoils of your wager, uh, whatever it ended up being. But both of you are too far out on the extremes. Yeah. But, I, but I would never say, no, I'm not interested in a premium talent no matter what. Yeah. Right. Like so, that's too far on that one. Easy but argument to defeat. You know, I, I you're also like let's let's play this game back. If you would do something like that, you're only doing it if you're going to pay him and extend him. Which he's only three years in, right? So he's still got another year. Yeah. But you pay him and extend him, keep his number cheap this year. Maybe even backload it quite a bit, and he can be cheap for a couple of years. But you're talking about adding significant, but you're going to give him a signing bonus, and you're going to have to hit the one-fifth of it on to whatever number he's making this year. And, and, you know, they don't have a ton of cap room. Now, they're going to get flexible, and they'll do some things, MVS. You know, in that scenario, you'd clearly cut MVS. You'd gain some cap room that way um, in, in the scenario you're laying out. So and and they'll be. I need to uh, probably look at, you know, who, who all they who all can be cut and who can't a little bit closer. But you know, it it's it, it's trickier than I think people realize. And the idea of just rolling back more money on Pat, no. Pat's really expensive right now. Yes. And I don't think you want to make him any more expensive, particularly if you're talking about keeping Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones, because they're going to do nothing but get more expensive as they go, because the Chiefs are clearly going to have to backload those deals to be able to get him in under the cap. So, look, you wave goodbye to Tyree Kill two years ago. You wave goodbye to Orlando Brown. I know that was a lot more popular because he did had not played at the same level at his position that Tyreek Hill had. But you've walked away from premium expensive talent each of the last two years. Why haven't you become comfortable as a fan base in walking away from players? Why haven't you embraced it? The Patriots did it. The Ravens do it. They're always good. And you still have the ultimate salve. The to, ultimate to, weapon. To, to, I mean, cover things up, you know, so I, I just to me that that's an easy choice. I'm I'm eager to walk yeah. on those players and give Brett Beach cap room and draft picks. Right. My hope is if the tag is going to go on Legereus Steed and connecting dots, that's certainly what it sounds like. But if, if the tag is going to go on Legereus Sneed, I'm hoping it's to tag him and trade him. I mean, yeah, you know. 
uh, get, get more draft picks for Brett Beach to have more numbers to throw at the wide receiver position to maybe have the ammunition to trade up and get the offensive tackle. You know, the the one that you get up into that lower teens, 20 range, or if you're bold and daring all the way up to 10, 11, 12 to try to get that franchise left tackle, which it, even at that draft pick becomes cheap for you to have for the next five plus years. And if you get right, if you get it right with the tackle, I just 15 30 plus year old seasons at offensive tackle of first or second team all pro. I mean, that that that's another reason to draft that position because once you have it, then you you can pay it and and feel good that you're going to get returns on what you're yeah, paying for. The value is is long lasting. Where if you're going to give a big deal to Legereus Sneed, who has yet to be first team All Pro, the math says he's not likely to be first team All Pro moving forward either, and has yet to really show that he can stay healthy for an entire season. Yeah, so that, that's yeah, and I, I think the the missing most of training camp part is really lost on a lot of people. And how often he was on the injury report? Just go back and, and see how many times he didn't practice, you know, because of my knee. He played, but he didn't practice all week. Maybe he practiced once or he was limited. He was there all the time. And if you franchise him to trade him, you're counting on getting more than a third-round pick because I think largely he would get you a third-round pick on his own in, in compensation if he leaves in free agency. It would be in the 25 draft. But I, I would think you would want that. Uh, Kellen, you're in the program. What's going on, Kellen? Hey, what's going on? Uh, just wanted to kind of talk also about the uh, the previous caller with the whole Justin Jefferson thing. Uh, I saw from DraftKings today it was a potential trade for Justin Jefferson. The Vikings would receive a 2024 first round, a 2025 second round, and MVS. I don't know if they would take – if Vikings would take MVS, maybe another. Where did um, where did you see this? This is on Twitter from via DraftKings. They're putting odds out on on this. It, it was just a potential trade they uh, suggested on Twitter. To, yeah, it, it, it's it's it's, it's like how like Kyle Pitts is coming to the Chiefs because somebody just said, "Oh, Kyle Pitts would be a good fit for the Chiefs," and then people started asking Daniel Jeremiah, and now it's a thing that the Chiefs are reaching out to Kyle Pitts. This is like so somebody wrote something that here's something that makes sense, and so now we're going to entertain it, even though there's no confirmation whatsoever that the Vikings have any interest in trading him. Exactly. Okay. But I just saw it and was but like, let's, "Let's let's go down the road." So and so, you what? Well, first, a second, and MBS. Nobody's touching MBS. MBS isn't worth a squirt of pee on a trade because everyone knows the Chiefs will cut him. So why would you give up anything for MBS? That's what I was thinking too. I just thought it was kind of outrageous in the sense, like, yes, he had some good catches in the postseason, and he was a little bit Mister Reliable towards the end. But all year long, we've had some struggles with him. He, he's, he's a good number two guy, but not anything for Justin Jefferson. I, I don't think the Vikings would ever take something like that. And I think the thing you got to remember when teams are making a deal like this, they're making deals to try to get to the playoffs. So the fact that MBS is the Frank Clark of offense and he comes through big in the playoffs is irrelevant to them because they're just trying to save their job and get into the postseason. 
So his 179 yards receiving over the course of a 17-game regular season is what is going to get them either a new contract extension or fired. And so, yeah, I mean, what did Frank, uh, you know, this is like, here's all the guys we don't want. Let's put them together in a deal and and give us the best player at at a position. Um, I I think it would take a first and a second and maybe more, and I don't think anybody's taking anyone's baggage back in a deal for Justin Jefferson. You're going to have to sell out to get Justin Jefferson. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, I appreciate it, Kel. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it's that time of year, right? Yep. Like, okay, what would it take? What can we do? What would it take? First of all, I, I don't know that the Vikings or anybody else are going to give the Chiefs exactly what they need. Why would you? Yes. It's much more likely to come from an NFC team than it is the AFC. But with general managers expected to turn teams around, and I think rightfully so, into being a team that's at least knocking on the door of the playoffs within two years, why would you make the Chiefs even stronger? I'm trying to think of how bad it must have gotten. I should remember. I'm trying to think of how bad it must have gotten for the Patriots of all teams to be able to get Randy Moss for a fourth. Because Justin Jefferson, to go to the Chiefs for a fourth, would have to take a dump on the desk of every other NFL owner. That's pretty much what happened to Randy Moss with the Raiders. Okay. And Randy Moss also came with character questions coming into the the league. Into Okay. I'm just trying. Was there a huge drop off? And I mean, he didn't have a yes. good quarterback, but yes. there was a drop off in yes. Oakland. I mean, I think, I think, I think he sandbagged it in Oakland because he quickly realized he didn't want to be there, and I think he shot his way out of town. And then, do you want to be the team that gets the next malcontent? Is Antonio? Did Antonio Brown get better with the Bucks? Yeah, he was two years in Oakland. He had was sixty for a thousand five and eight, and then forty two for five fifty three and three. And he was 29 and was – he was not the guy he was at the end of his Vikings career. I mean, I think the Chiefs quietly have a lot more needs than people realize. Right? Yeah. So – If they did, they would. Cap is, yeah. And, and I think that an important, another important thing to remember is the story about the record-setting cap in terms of how much it went up from the year before, that's true for everybody. So uh, it, it, it's not like, well, this guy would have been paid, you know, whatever, however many years ago. Now he's going to be paid this. It's that for every single team. It's not just the Chiefs that get to enjoy the luxury of the inflated cap. Correct. Fact. Fact. That is a fact. Like we're in a car commercial. So... Yeah, I'm 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 with you. Uh, how about an unlikely target in free agency? Let's talk about that next. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. The phone number nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Uh, talking some Chiefs football. We'll get into some basketball uh, as well. Tim Grunhard coming up uh, here in a little bit. We'll talk to uh, Grunny about the uh, Chiefs free agent situation and uh, where. Uh, they uh, shall be looking. Uh, we'll do that coming up uh, here next hour. More of your phone calls next. 913-310-810. You're in the program. Am I the uh, am I the only one that would really like to kick the tires on Saquon Barkley in this town? Uh, probably not. I think Saquon Barkley is the most talented all-around running back and is by far the best fit 
combination of not being, I think he's 26, if I'm not mistaken, does have, I, I looked it up, 1,200 carries, 200-plus catches, 1,400 touches. Uh, Herm Edwards once told me you want to be uh, running backs fall off a cliff after 2,000 touches. So he's below that number. Just turned 27. Just turned 27, yeah, okay. Earlier this month. Um See if I'm right. Twelve, twelve hundred and change, and two hundred and change. Yeah, twelve oh one, two forty, two forty seven. This past okay. well, to two hundred was what receptions you said? Yeah, uh, two eighty eight. Two eighty eight. So, so he's at just about fifteen hundred. Yeah. Don't love the idea of him being around for a while, but I would love to see him in an Andy Reid offense, and I would love to see him. To me, if you get him, he's Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and really, really good. Like, he can catch the ball like Jarek McKinnon. He's a bigger back at over 230 pounds. I can't say that I've sat and watched his pass protection. He might. I'm, I'm hoping he's good at that. He's big enough to be good at it. But if you had him and Isaiah Pacheco, Lord. I mean, you've always got a major threat out of the backfield. Yeah. And, and I would think Andy Reid could use them. Like I said, at 230-plus pounds... Could you get the two of them on the field together and really pressure linebackers? I think so. Yeah, he'd find a way. He's a tremendous receiver. Yes. So I agree fully. He's he's immensely talented. I I don't don't want to have to outbid somebody for some four for 72. I'm not doing that. That's what I was going to ask. A one-year deal or if for some reason the price of the running back has come down, if you can give him 15, 16, 18 million up front, you're basically getting him for a two-year, $24 million deal. I think I might be interested in that because I don't know that you're not going to. I think you're. We're not going to like the wideouts that are available out there. So if you can't get the wideout weapon, draft in the wideout category, and sign the best weapon available. And I'm not so sure that of the ones that actually get the free agency, that won't be the best weapon on the board. Yeah, I hadn't really considered that that deeply, but I do like that that thinking. And I think right now you might get him at an unbelievably cheap price because I got to feel like the pendulum swung too far mm-hmm. on devaluing mm-hmm. the running back. You know, nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Let's talk to Mike. You're in the program, Mike. What's going on, buddy? Hey, so I'm just calling in about the Chiefs. Yeah, um, Chris Jones, Sneed thing. That's a good point you bring up about Sneed. I'd kind of forgotten about that, but that's a good enough reason to walk away. You talk about what do you, which, which part the the knee, the uh, age, the, the knee for yeah. me. I, I still think he could be a good corner for two years. I know you have concerns with that, so <clears throat> I've forgotten about that. And you're right; I think most fans have just forgotten about it. But I think that's a good enough reason not to to bring him back and do the tag and trade thing. Now, as far as Chris Jones goes, I think they need to bring him back. Um, he got a chance to go for a three peat. I still think he's got two really good years left. Um, and we know they can structure those contracts out so the last year's meaningless. Um, and it, it brings me back to eight or nine years ago when a certain radio host I sometimes listen to was all in for the Kansas City Royals, bringing in a bunch of old vets and giving up a bunch of really good young prospects. And that guy's uh, line of thinking was, is it worth it to get the World Series? And their answer was yes. Do you know who that host was? Uh... I'm assuming you're you're fishing around for me or something. 
Yes, I am. <laughs> so I, I think, it, it, but the, but that's different here. And what did I say at that time? That bringing a bunch you, of veterans to you said bringing in specifically Zobrist and um, Cueto. Oh, was for, worth it if you had to give up young prospects because look what it brought them. Yeah, I, th- I thought you said 1989, and I'm like, no, this? no, no. I was, sorry, <laughs> I was in college uh, or finishing high school and then starting college. Well, um, the point is, I think your point was a good one then, and I think it is now. Uh, but but that that's also a time where the Royals had yet to make the World Series, had yet to win the World Series when That's they made true. those deals. The Chiefs have three in their pocket with this run. I understand. So, I mean, listen, you are right, Mike, and, and we are privileged individuals. I just spent, and I'm going to let you go, buddy. I appreciate the call. When I was in Arizona, I was hanging out with my buddy Chuck, who does mornings on KJR in Seattle. And we got together. Jack and I went down and met him and his partner, Bucky. Was he wearing a shirt that was one size too small? A jacket. Uh, he, he was he was dressed in what he thought was fashionable, but was not. Yes, I, you know, it was not a medium soccer jacket yes. that he was wearing. But uh, yes, he he looked awkward. Uh, that's what he does. He thinks he's cutting edge, and I think he looks like a boob. Whereas you and I are just like forget it. We, okay, we, we have no idea. Black t shirt and shorts. What are you going to do? Can't go wrong. Um, you should see the look on Shane's face as he was dropping off the log and heard that. But I, he said, "Well, what's it like talking about a Super Bowl champion every year?" Like, oh, it's pretty good. Doesn't suck. Like, it don't suck. Like, the things we talk about, I mean, and this right here. Do we go all in for the third, or do we play the long game trying to win a third and a fourth? Yeah. that, that Those are, there's nowhere else in He's the country. Sat for 20 years to wonder, what's that like in Boston? You know, San Francisco. This is what it's like. San Francisco chatted about that. You know, Warriors basketball, but now they're just trying to hang on and steal one yeah, more. Right. But they they've done that. In, in recent years, uh, but but really, who else has had that opportunity? You know, the Astros, how, how, how all-in should we be? The Dodgers, how all-in should we be to win another title? I mean, we're good every year, but you know, there aren't many markets that, that look at it this way. And and is it, you know, is it worth going all-in? My answer is no, because that that it's always phrased as like, if you go for it, you'll get it. And we have examples of the Rams going for it and getting it. We have many more examples of teams going for it and not getting it. And you haven't yes. gone for it the last two years, and you've won it anyway, so why would you fix what's not broken? That's my frustration. Why would we do it any different than we've done it the last two years that has resulted in a championship? All right, how many schools have produced three 10,000-yard NFL pass catchers? Brought to you by Good Sense.